Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, Saint. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. That we welcome you, God. Hallelujah. Welcome to the mantle of prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, getting on the line with us tonight. We thank you for uh, the favor of God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, that we make a difference in your life. We thank you now, God, that you have given us over uh, 20-something countries that we telecast to and over 20-something states in the United States of America. So we thank you and welcome to the Mantle of Prayer. Amen. God gave me this name, the Mantle of Prayer, of, of the, the Prophet Elijah. Amen. So, amen. We're going to go uh, to the Word of God. I want you to find... Uh, um, the Bible, uh, it will be, we will be coming from, um, from the book of, um, Samuel, 1st Samuel, amen, 1st Samuel, hallelujah, and our, um, primary scripture, hallelujah, um, will come from, amen, the 14th verse. And he says here, But now thy kingdom shall not continue, for the Lord has sought him, a man, after his own heart, that the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people, because Thou hast not kept that which the Lord has commanded. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the heart tonight. Amen. The heart. Father, we thank you for your words, God, to hide me behind the cross. Hide me in such a way that the enemy can't detect me or detach itself from the word of God. Thank you in advance for what you're going to come out of my mouth. For my mouth does not belong to you. My spirit does not belong to you. But everything come out of my mouth will come from the heart of God. In the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that these are the last days of um, that we are in now. And God is looking for the heart of its people. Sometimes we don't gather the heart of God. That's why some people can do anything or say anything or be anything because they're not looking after the heart of God. For the heart of God, amen, is the, the inner part of the human being. It is the inner self. Okay, and we have to know the heart of God. Now, the heart is a physical organ within the body. But we're talking about the spiritual heart that we all have in the inside. It comes from the Hebrew word 
fraught the heart. The heart is the center of our emotions. Our spiritual intellect, the heart of God. Uh, but in the heart is where you perceive what you choose to do. Um, the heart perceives and where there you can find your morals, your moral compass, and you make your decisions as to whether to do right or wrong. It comes from the word cardia, cardios, to seek uh, a response from God. The organ of feelings, spiritual feelings, um, the Bible speaks of in Deuteronomy 28 and uh, 65. We must have the heart of God. Because if we have no heart for God, the Satan basically takes over us. And like I said, then then people do anything. Men sleep with men. Women sleep with men. Children have no morals. Mothers have no conscience. Because the spiritual heart uh, of God is not tapped into. Uh, and in these last, last days, that's why people will kill each other at the drop of a hat. That's why men can have no conscience or uh, do anything with any time at every while because they have no moral compass. But when you take on the nature of Christ, when you give your life to Christ, then you have the inner man, the inner compass that is now connected with God. Amen. And this particular chapter in First Samuel, amen, um, the 13th chapter, amen, this teaches us about the moral compass of a king. For this king, Saul, um, was uh, jealous of David. This king did whatever he wanted to do. This king um, got in trouble with God. This was a chosen king because the people decided they wanted a king. So God chose Saul. And I looked up the name, uh, the, the meaning of the name Saul, and Saul's name means asked for. So here was a king that was asked for by the people. But because the people wanted it, God answered his prayer. But the king, like I said, the king himself decided he saw the great things that David was able to do, that King uh, David was a leader, uh, not by, by dominion, or, but because he was a friend. He was a leader. He was a moral compass for 
um, the people of God. Amen. So let's start with, amen, the first chapter, First Samuel, 13th chapter. Amen. And Saul, who was the king, one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, okay, Saul chose him three thousand men of Israel, where two thousand with him. Amen. In Mishmash, it was the particular place. Amen. Now, let's drop down to, um, down further down. Here, um, in verse 6, it says this, And when the men of Marshal saw that they were in straits, for the people were distressed, and then the people did hide themselves in the caves in a thicket in the rocks of a high place in the pits. Here the people of God were disturbed along with Saul. And so because the enemy was coming, they decided they were going to hide. And they were looking for the prophet, but the prophet had not shown up. Because the prophet that time was representing who the God, the moral compass that was on the earth. So they decided that they were going to do what they were going to do. Okay? And they were going to be led by um, Saul, and Saul names to be asked for. In other words, God gave him a king because that was the people's desire. Amen. And verse 8 says this, And he carried... Seven days. Here the king carried according to the set time that Samuel had appointed, but Samuel not Gilgad. And the people were scattered from him. In other words, the people were waiting and waiting for the prophet. They were waiting for word from God. And they got distracted and they decided that they were going to do something that was against the will of God. And here Saul gets in trouble with God. Verse 9, And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me. So here Saul, whose name means ask for by the people, he decided he was going to do what he was going to do. And at that time, they did a lot of burnt offerings. They were sending incense, quote-unquote, up unto God. Not without the approval of God. Not without the approval of the prophet. But here, Saul, the leader, Saul, who was right now at that point the anointed one, Saul, who represented a nation that was represented by God, he decided, well, look at here, I'm not going to wait on the prophet who was the mouthpiece peace of God and decided to send up a burnt offering to me, he says, a peace offering, offering a burnt offering. Verse 10 says this, 
And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that might salute him. So here, a pro- here Saul, who was named asked for, um, God called him and he saw the prophet coming, but he had already given an offering without the consent of God. So we can't do anything without the consent of God. Here was Saul who was not having the heart of God. He was moved by his own spirit. He was moved by his people around him. He was moved because the people around him was getting worried and disgusted and busted and tore up from the floor up because something wasn't happening now. We have to wait for a divine impartation from God. We have to wait for a word from God. We have to wait for the move of God. We, Because at this time, Jesus himself was not on the earth. There was a promise of a king. But the king was not there. So Saul, he said, I'm going to do what I want to do but he decided that he was going to send up a burnt offering but by Saul decided he was going to do what he wanted to do but Samuel the prophet the prophet always hear a word from God the prophet has a relationship with God the prophet intercesses with God the prophet hears a word and brings it back to his people in the glory of God. The prophet, the prophet, the office of the real, true prophets. For Samuel came, Saul went out to meet him, the prophet, that he might salute him. I would honor him. I would acknowledge him because I am ready to do what you call me to do. But here we find out that God begins to reject Saul. And we don't want to be in a place where God rejects us because we are not in his will. Whenever we don't want to be in a place where uh, the rejection of God is uh, is the, the choice of the day because we are uh, not responsive to his will, not responsive to his way, uh, not in the will of God. So when we don't know what to do, just don't do anything. That's what, um, 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 this is what Saul should have done. When he didn't know what to do, don't do nothing. When you don't get a word from God, a confirmed word from God, don't do nothing. If you don't hear, if you don't feel, if you don't know, don't do nothing. 
unless God gives you the permission and unction of the Holy Ghost. Here is the will of the king. This was the king of nations. This was the king that when the king said die, they die. This was the king said he lives and he lives. When he, he spoke, everything uh, was obeyed by God because he had that time the power of the living God. Be careful you don't lose your power. Uh, be careful you don't move out of your out of your will of God. Be careful because people, the enemy, don't want you blessed. The enemy don't want you to go forward. The enemy don't want you to move in the wind of God and speak a word from God. The enemy doesn't want you to realize who the dominion and power that he gives you is in the will of God and all power he gives unto you in the will of God. Because when you have the Holy Ghost, when you have a relationship with God, that the all power now is taking up residence in you. But you don't want God to reject you. Because now God is now rejecting the man of God. Wow. He said this. In the 11th verse, he said, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? In other words, Saul, what have you done? You're not supposed to be giving up strange offerings. You don't have to do all. God didn't tell you to do that. He said, Wait. And because he did, he did not do what God told him to do was to wait. Okay. He gave up his rights. He gave up his kingdom. Because much is given, much is required. I remember when I first began to preach, that was one of the scriptures I didn't particularly like. Because the Bible says that people, okay, that us, we have, we are uh, God requires much of us because he calls us into to the kingdom for us to win souls. So he says to them that the people were scattered. So this is Saul's excuse, that, that the people were scattering, and he said that, that thou cannot with them. They left him for days. For that the appointed time, and that the Philistines gave uh, themselves together to mishmash. In other words, they began to realize that the Philistines, the Philistines, were coming after them, but the people began to scatter. The people began to run and hide. The people began to be afraid, not knowing that the living God was right there with them. They didn't have to give a burnt offering. They didn't have to do anything because God has sent his prophet. And when God sends a real prophet, you don't have to worry because what God says is going to happen is going to happen. 
And God sends a real prophet anointing appointed from God. The word is coming straight from the loins of God to his people. But they got afraid. They began to worry because the Philistines, which were giants on the land, the Philistines were the bad boys. The Philistines were killers by nature. The Philistines, some of them were nine feet tall, and they began to wonder that how could we overcome these people? The Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash, it says. In verse 12 it says, And therefore said I, the Philistines, uh, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilead. So he's making an excuse. He says, they're running away, they're scared, and they're getting ready to come. And my people don't know what to do, God. So they decided, I figure, well, I'll just send up a burnt offering, and I know that all is well. But that's not what God told them to do. God had sent forth his prophet with a word. For the prophet, the true prophets of God. God will bring, God will deliver his prophet, his, his word through his prophets. And Samuel was a prophet born out of a mother who was a promise. Samuel was a man of God. Samuel that was ordained before the foundation of the world. This Samuel, this prophet was appointed. This prophet that was called from the loins of God was there on the scene to do what God had called him to do. He says, I have not made supplication. In other words, I have not begged unto them the Lord. And I forced myself therefore and offered a burnt offering. So God said, well, Seth, listen, I don't understand. Saul, why would you do this without my permission? Some of us get in trouble and get married because... We don't do it without God's permission. Sometimes we take a job because we're desperate, not because it's God's permission. A lot of things in our lives. So we have to understand that God wants us to wait. And actually, one scripture says, wait on the Lord. And I say again, wait. And those two waits represent, one, the physical waiting on God. But the second weight is the spiritual weight on God. And the 13th verse says, And Samuel said to Saul, Here's the prophet speaking to Saul, the present king at this time. He says, And Saul, and Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolish. You have had the king in your hand. You had everything in your hand. You had power. Some people don't know how power. People don't know how 
power works can be in the wrong hands. God can give you a million dollars and you can turn around and bequeath it to your children. But if your children don't know how to handle power, if your children don't know God, the money can be gone in an instant because they do not know God for themselves. It says, Thou has done foolishly. Sometimes the Bible tells us in Scripture about um, silly women. But here God speaking out of the mouth of Samuel the prophet. It says, Samuel, Samuel, Saul, you're, you're, you're foolish. You don't know what you're doing. You had everything. And I gave you this because of the people. But thou hast done foolish. And thou hast not kept my commandments of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. Now, now, Paul, you don't understand what you've done. God speaking to the king. God is speaking to the, the, the man who God was giving the whole thing to. That because you disobeyed me, because you didn't do what I called you to do, because you got nervous, because the Philistines were great, because your own people began to scatter, uh, because they didn't know the, prop- the, the, the promises of God, because of all these things, and King, because you was in charge, all you had to do was, the scripture says, decree a thing, and it shall be uh, established unto you. You've lost everything because you have not stayed and answered the will of God now. Now would the Lord have established the kingdom upon Israel forever. Israel is a promised kingdom from the beginning when God spoke, amen, and he said, he spoke and he said, look up into the stars, see how many grains of sand, look in the sand and see all that you can see is there. This kingdom was now established um, 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 for him because God had bequeathed to him because of a promised kingdom of God and the people wanted it. But when you do things out of the will of God, when you don't uh, um, uh, stay with the precepts and the promises of God, when you do whatever you want to, when you want to do it and then get up Sunday morning and 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 and, and do what you want to do, but during the week you 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 live like hell, you do all kinds of things, you say all kinds of things. It is not the promises of God. But when we walk in the divine will of God and we stay in the precepts and the promises of God, we can, we can believe that whatever God's word says, it's 
going to happen. But this particular says this, it begins to talk about the heart of God. That our heart is our perceptions of what is good and what is right. It is our moral compass. Saints, we have to have a moral compass. The promise, the, the promises of God. We've got to have a moral, that which is right versus what is wrong. You wonder why some people in the church can go to church on Sunday morning and, and Wednesday night, but the, the, the moral compass is off. Why? Because they know the word, they sit in the company of the word, but they make a moral choice to do wrong. But God's calling his church to have a moral, cardio, Greek word, meaning a responsibility to seek God's word and not just seek it, move by the will of God and not by the humanistic nature to move in the flesh to do what he wants us to do as a people. That is the will of God. But the beauty of it is that God gives us a moral choice. He steps back and he says to us that if I give my life to Christ, if I lay down my choices and say, God, tonight I'm giving you my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Wash me. David said, wash me, purge me. But God, whatever you do, don't take your spirit away from me. I give my life to you. And I'm making a moral choice to do what is right. Think of David and Bathsheba. Here, David, uh, the king, comes back from battle. He decides to go uh, on his balcony one night. And he looks across and he sees Bathsheba, somebody else's wife. Now, the moral choice of right and wrong. The moral choice of the king, the moral choice that God have called him to to be in the kingdom for such a time of this. The king, the king of all Israel decides and makes a royal choice that watches Bathsheba across uh, the pathway and sees her naked bathing across the courtyard. Here the king, the king of Israel, the king could have whomever he chose to have. The king saw the royal choice, but he decided that he wanted to have the sin nature to take, to lay down his spirit man, to take up the moral choice to lie down with that 
Bathsheba. And now he sends his guards. He sends his people to say, come. And at that time, one of the kings cited that was what he was going to do. So she had no choice. Because he was the king of Israel. He was the king. So he, she came at the beckoning of the king. Because if you uh, disobeyed the king, she could be killed instantly. So she decided to lay down with the king. And the king now laid down his moral choices and laid uh, with Bathsheba. Now thinking, sometimes the, de the devil will make us feel like that we can get away with dirt, with dirt. We look like we can get away with murder. We look like that uh, uh, that it will never be found out. But the Bible lets us know that everything, that nothing can be hidden under the sun. Amen. Here we find later on, the Bible does not tell how long exactly, but she discovered that she was gone, was pregnant. And so the plot thickens and David decided, I'm going to have to find a way to hide my moral character from God. And we can't be hidden from the moral character of God. Hallelujah. And so he decides, I'm going to call back his, uh, her, her husband from war. And I'm going to make sure that he going to sleep with Bathsheba so no, but nothing can be found from God. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to realize in God, again, we can, nothing can be hidden from God. Our sin nature, whether it's perfume or sometimes the hidden things in our heart will come up again, again, and again. Sometimes it will come again and again because of our nature. Sometimes through our DNA it comes again and again because sin can come again and again until you make up your mind that you're going to find, take on the new nature of Christ. So he beckons his husband, her husband, uh, Uriah, and said, come back, come back, and come back. And so he told him to come back. And he, the son, the, the, the king, called Uriah from battle. And he came and talked to the king. And he began to say, well, what's going on on the battlefield? How many people are dying? Uh, What's going on? I know you just need to come in. I, I recognize that you're a soldier in God. I, I recognize you're a man of God. I, I just want to uh, give you some time to come home and spend time with your wife. Because the enemy has a plot. But I want you to know that in a plot, God has a plan. Because the plan of God is not always the plan of the people. But oh no, there is a man of integrity. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes there aren't, there aren't very many men and women of integrity. People say, oh, no, no, people are just trying to be holy. Some, um, well, you know, everybody's doing it. Everybody's making a mistake. Everybody, it's okay. God will forgive us. Uh, oh, but I realize the Bible says, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of your glory. So you have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to walk in the holiness of God because he said the whole earth is full of your glory. So when you want to take on the mantle of God, when you want to take on the holiness of God, you have an opportunity. Well, we find Uriah. A man of God, a man of integrity, the man that did not want to go and sleep with his wife because the men behind him on the battle were dying. The men on the battlefield were hungry. The men of God, because he had integrity. Integrity. Sometimes um, people think that integrity was ill a dirty word. Sometimes people aren't preaching on integrity. Sometimes preaching, people are not preaching on sin. But I want you to know that, ladies and gentlemen, right now we are near the end of the world. That sin nature of God, that there's a spirit of murder on the earth, that people are killing other right and left because uh we are we are in, we are approaching but the bible says that it is not yet the time but there are people that are out there that are walking in integrity there are people out there that are, that are in, 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 intercessors there are people out there are calling holding on to the hands of god there are people out there that loving god all with all their might like the prophet elijah said at point lord sometimes i think i'm the only one left look like that 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 evil queen is trying to kill me it looks like but sometimes what it looks like it isn't necessarily what it is because you'll find down the line that um elijah discovered there was a whole bunch of prophets hiding from the queen the wicked queen well he decided the man of integrity, the man of God, the one, the man that stood on the word that says the whole earth is full. The whole earth, the earth, earth, we live on the earth. The whole earth is full of his glory. That means God's glory, his grace is sitting on the earth to be used by God. And this man of integrity, this man of God, this man loved God enough to deny his flesh. That is integrity. And when David discovered that he could not be um, persuaded to lay down with his wife, that David um, couldn't allow Uriah to, to lay with his wife, spend time with his wife, stayed on the outside with the other soldiers. And then David began to say, oh, God, 
What am I going to do now? What am I going to do? What am I going to do for when the enemy has a plot, God has a plan? Well, here here the captain of the guard, David, the king, the king of authority, walked in and called called the captain and said to him, I'm going to write a letter. And what I want you to do is when you take this letter, you hand to him with a seal. And so this, this seal not be broken until it goes back to the front line. And in this letter, it will be the death decree of Uriah. And nobody will know what's going to happen. Nobody. I'm going to get away with my dirt. Just like Saul. Saul figured he was going to get away with this dirt. Nobody was going to know that he was going to build up an offering. He he was worried about his people leaving him, and so he wanted to sacrifice and let him know that he was king. But let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, there's only king of kings and lord of lords. He is the master teacher. He is Elohim God. He is the God more than enough. He is El Elyon. He is the same God that spoke eternity before there was an eternity. He is the God more than enough. He is our shepherd man. He is God. He is the God. He is our God. He is the God in the middle of the night. He is the God in the middle of a stroke. He is the God of hunger. He is the God of empowerment. He is the living God that spoke eternity out of God because he is eternity. That same God. So we can't ever think that we can get away with dirt. We can't get away with the sin. We can't get away, uh, uh, because the God said that God said this. He comes He said, uh, what a man they'll sow, he shall so reap. You might reap it with no grace. But the word of God says that a man that shows. He shall so reap. So that's why we got to forgive. And not just forgive, but forget. Because when you sow something out of anger, it's coming back to you. When you sow something out of seek and selfishness, it comes back to you. Whatever man sow, we shall so reap according to the word of God. So here... The king, king of power, the men who have authority, the man that the kingdom was set apart for such a time as this, this king is now is wallowing in his sin and saying, God, what must I do? This king is not going and saying the same, God, forgive me. He's saying, what should I do? So he's plotting. He's planning. He's maneuvering. Be careful you don't let the enemy maneuver you into your mess. Be careful you don't let the enemy uh, walk you out of your own blessing because you're walking out of his will because you're walking in a mess and you're trying to cover it up. 
The Bible says again, for the whole earth is full of his glory. So that in, even in your mess, the katosha, that the whole earth, katosha and Isaiah says that the whole earth is full of his glory. So in your mess, there's a blessing. Out of your distress, there's a mess, but there's a blessing. Out of your lying and your cheating, there's coming a blessing. Because he says the whole earth is full of his glory. So when I walk in his precepts, I pray in his precepts, I Think on these things. I love on these things. I build on the foundation of earth. I, I repent daily. David said, I, he said, I die daily. Couple shots. That's why Paul says, I myself, I, the apostle, I, Paul Hakusha, was taken down, knocked down on the master's road. I, Paul, I can preach and preach and still be lost. I can preach and preach and still go to hell. I can preach and preach and prophesy in the name of Jesus. And yet I can still be lost because I want to wallow in my mess. I don't want to do what God called me to do. I find an excuse for sin, your sin nature. There's no excuse, no excuse for sin. Repent. And be born again. The sin nature. The sin nature of God's people. So God wants us to have the heart of Him. The heart of God. Not the physical heart of God. But the, thought, the spiritual heart of God, the center of my emotions. So my center of my emotions for God is so that I will do what He told me to do. Not what I want to do, but the thoughts of my emotions, my interest, my spiritual being connect with God and know that I can perceive the wants and the desires of God and now I'm connected to my moral choices which will be the will of God and I respond to the spiritual nature of God according to the word of God. My spiritual nature, my moral compass, and you said, preacher, what happens? It seems like some people don't have a moral compass. Sometimes people will say and do all kinds of things. And, and you wonder, preachers, how sometimes some of them can be in the church but have no moral compass. But the Bible tells us sometimes after a while you play with God again and again and the enemy, you're taken over by the enemy. And after a while they really believe they're full of God but the spiritual nature now is turned over to the enemy and they don't even know what's happening. Why? Because now the perception and the moral choices that they make is not lining up with the word of God. The spiritual heart of God. 
That word spiritual or spirit means now I take on the spiritual DNA of God. I take on his lead or cardio. That's where they get the word from cardio uh, in the hospital. It is heart. Or the other word is lead, L-E-B. That is the heart, the spiritual heart of God. The spiritual DNA of God. The spiritual thoughts, the center of your emotions, spiritual emotions. Not the natural emotions that you're crying all the time, and not the uh, uh, the, uh, the emotions where you're up, upset and you just lose control and you say all kind of things. But we're talking about the spiritual, the wind of God's emotions that connects with the spiritual heartbeat. Saints, we have to have the spiritual heartbeat of God. That. Pum, 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 pum. You're wrong. Pum, 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 pum. I hear you, God. Pum, 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 pum. I need you, God. Pum, 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 pum. Your spiritual connection, the innate ability to feel the power of God that lets me know I am wrong, that I'm making a moral choice. The organs of your spiritual emotions. In our spiritual emotion times, we feel desperation. Get to the point where you don't feel, you just, it's like you don't know what's going on, you know, you're confused. It's like all hell breaking those country. Desperate. But saints, we got to have a desperation in the Word of God. We got to have a desperate, a desperate love, a desperate praise, a desperate need. God, I need you. Lost our God. I can't make it, God. I don't know what to do. Money is fine, but God, I need you. My children need to be saved, God. I need you. I don't know what to do, God, but all I know is I need you. Because your word says, God, if I call on you, your word says, you shall answer me. But God, right now in my spiritual heart, I'm not feeling your connection. But all I know, God, is I need your power. I need the forces of the Holy Spirit. I need a host of angels around me, a champion holding me in the palm of your hand, God. I need your power. I need I need you, God. I need your inner self. I need your hakoshande. I need your power. I need hakosha. I need the moral compass. Because without a moral compass, people do just about anything. You wonder why people go in clubs and drop the drawers. You wonder why. Uh, 
people will go to funeral homes and, and sleep with the dead. You wonder why people are killing each other left and right. You wonder why it just looks like the spirit of murder is just running rampant in the United States of America. Hallelujah. Because they have lost their moral compass in God. But when you take on the spiritual heart, that spiritual heartbeat of God, when you take on the spiritual heartbeat of God, the moral compass, in other words, can I do this or should I do that? I know I shouldn't go out and sleep with this woman because I'm married. It's not my moral compass. I shouldn't go out and lay with women or men because I know it's against God. It's not God's moral compass. I can't just eat and eat and eat become six hundred uh, pounds because it's the spirit of breath in me. And that's not the moral compass of God. I can't cheat and lie and carry on and, and go to church and do this and that and that and make an excuse because it's not the moral compass of God. It is not the heartbeat of God. It is not God's will. It is not the heartbeat of God. You can holler, you can scream, you can run around the church, the church all you want to, but do you have the moral compass of God? Am I loving my neighbor as I love God? He told me to love. Am I there to help somebody that needs help? Am I the witness because that God told me to do it? Is this a moral compass? If you go to a, uh, a dealership right now and you put your car up on the, on, on the, on the list and they put a computer next to it and that, com that computer checks everything on your, on your path, on your, on your car and lets you know whether you need an oil change, whether the car, the carburetor is fine, whether you need the service check on the, on the inside of your engine or inside of the, the cabinet of your car, um, 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 because it's making a moral check of in your engine. What about your heart? What about your spiritual heart? What about your inward me? What about your love and your hate? Beloved, God wants us to do what He called us to do. Preach His word. Win souls for Christ. But we have to know are we doing right? Are we living according to his word? He says, line upon line, precept upon precept. Not piecing it together and this over there. He says, line upon line, precept upon precept. And when you fall short, you repent, get on your knees, you get your little fast on, you say, Lord, forgive me. And don't just say, forgive me, but make a change. God's speaking to the church. He's speaking to us in Revelation. Too, he says, where is, church, where's your first love? But well, well, where is that first love when you first got saved? You ran to the church. You ran to the church and you were there when it came. 
But as you know, time gone by, you don't have the, the running and, the, and the, 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 the fire in you. Where's your first love? Where's your desire? Where, where, is your, where, where is what God calls you to do? Where is your moral compass? I, I, I lost the one thing about a compass. Compass always leads you to the right direction. Okay? It's a good compass. It's not going to lead you to the wrong direction. So we got to have that moral compass today. A moral compass to do what God has called us to do. Because God is in control. Unlike Samuel. Unlike, I'm sorry, Saul. Saul decided that he was going to make his own thoughts, his own desires. But it wasn't what God wanted. And because he disobeyed him, God created a whole new king. So he says, I'll close it with the 14th verse again. He says, but thy kingdom shall not continue. So God's talking to Saul. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord has commanded thee. So God wants us to have his heart. Because when we have the heart, and it's, and it's not overnight, yes, you, you got to seek his face. you got to know his word. you got to build relationships. you got to be able to get on your face and pray and ask God for direction. You have to know your word. you got to know your word so if the Bible's all disappeared, you still know your word. And you just don't read it, but live it. You don't just live it, you do it. You just don't do it, you witness it. Because you are a representative where on the earth for somebody else. Because David, like David, God is looking for people, men and women, after the heart of God. Greek word, lead. Greek word, cardio. God wants us to have his heart, his mind, his spirit, and make right moral. And not many people want to talk about that word. He says, but we have to learn to make moral right choices for the will of God. The moral right choices of God. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit himself. We thank you for the Rahakadish. We thank you for the soon coming King. We thank you, Father, for your word tonight. 
God, please not let me be a word of preach and not live. God, so I tell you myself, God, I repent for everything that I know and for the things I don't know. I repent before you. I bow down before you. I ask you to forgive me. And God, I ask you for those around me to repent for knowingly or unknowing, God. God, we ask you tonight for you to give us your spiritual heart. Give us your wind of God. Give us the word to do what you called us to do. God, you says even to Paul. He says, Paul said, if I can preach and preach, Paul ran and did all kinds of things. People wanted to see him when they came. They would run him out of town. Paul has sold his soul out to God on the Damascus Road, and he made a change and never went back. That's what God requires of us tonight, to search our own hearts. Not lock baby's heart or Mary's heart or Lucy's heart. Your heart. Check your own heart. Check your DNA. Check on how you treat people. Check how you respect people. Check, check, check. And if something's missing, get a check on it, work on it, pray on it. And most of all, turn around. And that's why God constantly said, he says, For when my people who are called by my name, who would humble themselves and pray and seek your faith. God is not talking to church. Yes, he is. He says then. Then, then. You're from heaven. And then he said, I'll heal the land. So we thank you, God, for the word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God that 
uh, works from the inside out, not mm-hmm. from the outside in. Because you will never be able to complete the process. Because from that process, systematically, step by step, through the different changes, different processes, that uh, we make those changes. But we know we can't make those changes on ourselves. Because only God yes. can change the content and the heart of men, not yes. men. We can talk all we want. We can pray all we want. But if they don't, if they don't seek God for themselves, if they don't build a relationship for themselves, if they don't receive salvation for themselves, okay? And we mm-hmm. already released that to them. It's really up to them. Yes. It's really up to them. And it's a sad thing that you pray so hard and you push so hard to cover the individual and they still won't yield to the man. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we, we give honor um, prophetess on tonight. There were some things that tried to intercept this uh, this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. it will, we will not let it interfere uh, with any mm-hmm. And then we are not just live from ELR Prophetic Shift. We are live from Eagle's Life Restoration Ministry page. So if you want to connect with Eagle's Life Restoration Ministry, click on that link and you will uh, be able to become a subscriber. Also, the ELR Prophetic Shift podcast number mm-hmm. network. <laughs> where they can contact us throughout the week. Uh, for more additional information, for additional information, they can give us a call or call the podcast team at 636-422-0344-166-422-0344. So we just give God the word for what he is doing in this season. And um, we just thank you in and on to that. Amen. Amen. Have you ever run across some people with stony hearts? Stony hearts, really bitter, mean spirited. Okay. A lot of times that because they've gone through things and people get bitter over the years and they don't remember, they don't really talk about the future or the present. They always speak about uh, the past because they have hearts have become stony. And that's one, that's another thing a lot of people I've met over the years, they have stony hearts that, um, they, and they have a good, they know how to go to church, they know how to go to have a good church thing, but their hearts outside of the building is bitter. You know, and we don't want to get bitter. We want to be better. Okay. And we have to be better because we want to end up in the kingdom of God. Um, and hold us for, God holds us responsible for what we do and what we don't do, especially when we're considered leaders, when we consider um, people that are working for the kingdom. God holds me in a higher standard of doing what is right because I say I'm a believer, one, and I say God will call me as a prophet of God. So God holds me responsible for what I do, what I don't do. And so we have to uh, constantly say, am I, am I walking right now in the Spirit of God? Am I moving in, with the heart of God? 
Do I pray with the heart of God? Do I see with the heart of God? Because people around me are watching me and they're, they're, they're looking for a reason not to. Okay? And we have to say um, every night, if I die tonight, have you, do you think you were going to make it to heaven? Okay. And you can't, God, you can't give God your excuse. So-and-so made me mad. No. No, that's not the case. When we say we now who God says we are, we can't be perpetrators. But we have to be what God has called us to be. I can't be T.D. Jakes. I can't be T.D. everybody else. But I'm going to be the best me that I can be and whom I can reach, I can reach. We thank God because right now we're, 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 we're broadcasting now over 19 countries, 19 other countries in the world. 19 countries in the world. And we're close to 30-something states in the United States of America. We're actually number 23 uh, of the top 200 podcasts in America. And we do this because we love God. And we do this because we want to make an impact on Him. Um, so we ask you to continue to uh, follow us. We continue to keep us in prayer. Continue um, the things of God um, because we want to do what God has called us to do. To, um, is there any, anybody else on the line that wants to speak before we go? Um, right now, we are having a man in the line right now. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you. Um, no, but we have to have a man in the line. Is the Lois on the line? Um, no, no, ma'am. Okay, uh, anybody else email? Got a light saying anything? Vita? Okay. No, they're not Okay, all right. Let's pray us out. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you, God, that I've done what you called me to do. I thank you for Apostle Erica and Joshua. We thank you for everybody that is trying to help us build this kingdom. We thank you for ELR uh, Ministries. We thank you for Eagle Life Ministries. We thank you, God. Uh, God, we thank you for the word ELR. We thank you, God, because we have learned to become an eagle mentality. No on the grounds with the ducks. But we're taking on a new level in God. God, you know our heart, you know our desire. You meet our needs. I know you need meet all of our needs. You didn't tell us when, but you said you will. And because you said it, I believe it. And I believe it for everybody in around it that hears me. In the name of Jesus, we through the blood of Jesus of our hearts, our minds, our spirits. We believe the God of our children, our grandchildren, every extended family. And we thank you for this podcast. We thank you, God, because I believe we are doing what you called us to do. And we speak favor right now on our podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, saints. We'll see you next Thursday night. Bye-bye.